Hello, friends. Registration is now open for next year's Exiles in Babylon conference, and I cannot wait for this conference. Here's a few topics that we're going to wrestle with. The future of the church, disability in the church, multi-ethnic perspectives on American Christianity, and a conversational debate on the problem of evil and suffering. We have Eugene Cho, Elise Fitzpatrick, Matt Chandler, Michelle Sanchez, Justin Gibney, Devin Stolomar, Hardwick, the list goes on and on. Joey Dodson's going to be there. Um, Greg Boyd and Clay Jones, are, they're going to be engaging in this conversational debate on the problem of evil and suffering. And of course, we have to have Ellie Bonilla and Street Hymns back by popular demand. And Tanika Wyatt and Evan Wickham will be leading our multi-ethnic worship again. We're also adding a pre-conference this year. So we're going to do a, um, an in-depth scholarly conversation on the question of women in ministry, featuring two scholars on each side of the issue. So uh, Drs. Gary Bashirs and Sydney Park are on the complementarian side, and Drs. Cynthia Long-Westfall and Philip Payne on the egalitarian side. So March 23rd to 25th, 2023, here in Boise, Idaho. We sold out last year and we'll probably sell out this year again. Uh, so if you want to come, if you want to come live, then I would register sooner than later. And you can always attend virtually if you can't make it out to Boise in person. So all the info is at theologyintheraw.com. That's theologyintheraw.com. All right, friends, welcome back to the show. My guest today is Todd Miles. Todd is a professor of theology and director of the Master's of Theology program at Western Seminary in Portland, Oregon. He has an MDiv from Western Seminary and a PhD from the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. He is the author of several books, including his most recent book, Cannabis and the Christian, What the Bible Says About Marijuana, which forms the uh, topic of our conversations that has to do with should Christians smoke pot? Now, that's a really narrow way of framing the question, but we do talk about all things related to Christians and cannabis use. And so this conversation will spark some responses from my audience, some positive, some negative, some uh, maybe somewhere in between. And I really enjoyed Todd's gracious and thoughtful approach to a very controversial topic. So please welcome to the show for the first time, the one and only Dr. Todd Miles. Todd, thanks so much for being on Theology and Rock. It is great to be here, Preston. Can't think of too many more raw questions than, you know, should Christians <laughs> smoke pot or however you want to word it? Um, I, I'm curious, what led you to want to write this book? I mean, um, there's there's got to be some kind of backstory to this. Yeah, really pastoral need more than anything else. Um, Washington, which is, of course, right across the Columbia from from Portland and uh legalized recreational marijuana before Oregon did actually, actually a, a number of years before. So I, oh, wow. I always, I always delight in telling my Washington <laughs> friends that, that you guys, <laughs> you guys are more, more progressive even than Oregon. Um, at the, like, like the day or the day after it was, it was legalized even before you could get it, you know, cause there's usually a, a, a run up of, of some months. Uh, we had a member of our church come to us, uh, the the elders and pastors and and ask hey now that it's legal can would it be okay if I went across the the, the river and 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 bought consumed and 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 we realized that the typical answer of no because it's illegal it it didn't apply hmm. anymore and we actually had to start thinking like Christians hmm. <laughs> you know about yeah. uh, what would be a a good response and so I I, I put together a few thoughts and. To force myself to put together some thoughts, I I I, I had been asked to uh, to speak at a pastor's conference. I I did annually on 
theological or ethical hot topics that pastors needed to be thinking about. So I committed to doing something on marijuana. And, and when I, I, I presented there on it, uh, like, like everybody showed up, it was, it was supposed to just be a, a breakout session, but actually a plenary session. Everybody was mm-hmm. there. And, and, and then I, you know, because of that, it, like there, there's not a lot out there mm-hmm. for, for Christians on, on how to think about this. And, uh, so just because that one thing, I started being asked to, uh, to, to speak to churches and men's groups and youth groups and uh, radio and, and mm. that sort of thing. And then I, I eventually added a, a medical marijuana uh, component to it as well, because mm-hmm. those are, I think, two very different issues um, with, with different kinds of wisdom questions that need to be asked. Yeah. And yeah, so, so that was it. That was the, the genesis, the, the origin story. We'll get to your, I do want to alter, I want to linger on kind of like what is the biblical case for and or against uh, recreational, I guess, you know, so you said there's kind of two different things. So I guess we need to have like a medical marijuana conversation and then a recreational conversation. Um, but for, so, and I'm coming at this in full disclosure. I mean, I know very, very little about the conversation. Um, I couldn't describe to you what marijuana even is or, you know, the, the, whether it's, yeah. Good for you, bad for you, addictive, not addictive. I, I know very little, so mm-hmm. I'm coming in on a, with a blank slate. Uh, back in college, I, I got high maybe half a dozen times. wasn't a huge pothead at all. I was an athlete, so you know those two didn't really go together. Although I'm hearing that they go together very well now, apparently. <laughs> but, yeah. um, so you know, some very minimal personal experience with it. But yeah, yeah so I'm coming as a learner. Um, what can you yeah tell us about maybe the chemical? I know you, your first couple chapters sure. in your book, you talk about just kind of the what what is cannabis, marijuana, yeah. give us maybe a one-on-one medical or a, a chemical overview of it. Yeah. And, and, and I think the reason this is a good question, if, if you'll let me just kind of launch off for, for just a moment, the, the reason it's a good question is because, uh, the, the, the Bible really doesn't say anything about marijuana per se okay. explicitly. And, and so yet, yet I believe the Bible is sufficient. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we've been given all the divine words that, that we need not necessarily all we might want, but certainly all the divine words that we might need. And so how do we apply the truth of Scripture to something that's not in the Bible? Mm-hmm. And, and so in order to do that, we need to ask the very question that you asked. Okay. Uh, what, what, what is marijuana? How, how does it work? And uh, the, the, the cannabis plant, highly complex, a number of psychoactive components to it. The, the one that's in highest demand is, is THC, uh, tetrahydrocannabinol. And then after that, probably CBD. THC is 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 a well it's it's quite a wonder because it it's difficult to classify it's it's both a stimulant and a depressant it it huh. it works uh different ways with different components of the brain in the endocannabinoid system that that really regulates everything that makes us who we are uh for mood sleep digestion breathing at <laughs> you and 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 what thc is is it's a a chemical that uh, acts as a, a what we call an agonist uh it, it it locks into this endocannabinoid system artificially and then duplicating something that our body is supposed to produce naturally but but thc does it art, of course artificially it's it's introduced into the body um with uh very powerful effect. And, and so all of the different things that the endocannabinoid system would do, THC goes in and, 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 and stimulates 
that that system. Hmm. Um, and so uh, all of the different things that we would associate with uh, with intoxication, of course, uh, THC does that. It, it, it affects all different aspects of our brain and of our nervous system, uh, bringing about both stimulating effects and and uh, well, I guess I'd call them depressant effects as well. That's that, that that's kind of how it works. Just so I understand it correctly, because yeah, I'm, I'm trying to wrap my mind around this. So it's not necessarily introducing foreign. I don't say substance; it's a foreign substance, but it's not. It, it, it's stimulating something that's already happening in our body, and and yes, it, it, explain to us why that would be uh, bad. I guess if if it's something that's not. Yeah. Well, and and so we might ask, well, why why do we call it the endocannabinoid system? And and the reason is because we understood cannabinoids before we understood what was actually going on in our body, and so yeah. Um, yeah. And so why might that be? Uh, wrong or, or, or unhelpful. Well, I, I guess it would have to do with the effects that it brings about. And, and also probably from a Christian perspective, we would want to think about the, the motivation behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, so for, for example, um, in, in most of the brain, the THC will increase the tendency to fire, which causes an increase of dopamine levels. Okay. And, and of course, who, who doesn't like dopamine? By definition, we all <laughs> yeah. love dopamine right, yeah. because it's what love, it allows us to love things, right? It's, it, it's, it's, it brings about that pleasure, the, the, the feeling of pleasure or euphoria in a manner that is far more intense even than, say, sexual intimacy, really? uh, which wow. most people would associate as the most intense mm-hmm. dopamine rush that, that you could get. But THC uh, will artificially stimulate greater firing uh, that, that that releases dopamine. Um, it, in other parts of the brain, it, it decreases firing, in, like in the cerebellum, which is responsible for our motor control. So for most people, when they're high, they're, they're really not at their like agile best, right? Yeah. Uh, it, it, it does impede physical capacity. And, and, and then other reactions are associated. I'll, I'll, I'll list some negative ones: uh, memory loss, learning prevention, diminished problem-solving skills, increased heart rate. Often, weakened decision-making ability. We actually understand why uh, now, just from a, 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 a brain science standpoint, why um, you know there's like a lack of ambition that we typically associate mm-hmm. with with you know the stereotypical pothead. But we actually know why that is. Okay. Um, uh, THC interferes with the with the brain's ability to link past decisions with where you're at now and where you're at now with with future outcomes. And so you're just kind of stuck in this moment. You, you can't connect the dots from where you were to where you are and from where you are to where you want to be. Uh, THC interferes with that. That's not to say that, you know, you, you walk by someone and inhale some secondhand smoke and suddenly you're frozen. But, uh, you, you know. But, yeah. but that's one of the effects. Is it so? It sounds like there is a decent amount of overlap between um, getting high and getting drunk, getting intoxicated. Yeah. Is is that is that a debate? Because I've I've often hear people just well, it is buzz like, well, no, it's different. And then, but then you're described the way you're describing it is like, well, there's at least quite a bit of overlap. I I, I know it is a different yeah. chemical experience, but yeah, and I think that's important to to at least acknowledge. It it, it would be very poor hermeneutics say to, to just substitute pot for every instance of, of wine in the Bible. Okay. Um, 
again, we have to we have to understand maybe what the Bible says and, and also how how uh, THC, for example, would work. And um, and it seems to me that that, that the Bible well, I'm pretty clear on this or I'm pretty certain of this. It doesn't just seem to be that the, the Bible forbids intoxication. Right. Yeah. Right? That, that's we can take that for granted. That, that's a sin. Yeah. Uh, helpfully, the Bible doesn't just say, don't get drunk because God said so, mm-hmm. but the Bible actually describes why intoxication mm-hmm. is is wrong. Um, and, you know, there's there's a host of Bible verses, a lot of them in Proverbs and, and, and the prophets that speak to uh, drunkenness. Uh, it, it interferes with 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 physical control. It diminishes your cognitive abilities and, and maybe most damning is is it diminishes your moral judgment and 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 I would argue and and I think you have to argue this but I would argue that that intoxication through through THC it it has the same effects mm-hmm. um, okay. and 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 so for that reason I'm I'm comfortable uh, arguing that the THC intoxication is is sinful I'm, I want to be careful now because the last thing I want to do is say more than the Bible says. I, I'm not interested in that. It's it's hard enough to do what the Bible says, let alone make up other stuff, <laughs> and 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 heap that on our burden our consciences with that. But 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 because of of, of why the Bible forbids drunkenness and and there's so much overlap in in the effects of of, of THC intoxication that I'm 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 comfortable saying ah you know just like the Bible forbids drunkenness through alcohol I. I think we can apply that to THC intoxication as well. So the same kind of effects that result from drunkenness, impairment of moral judgment, impairment of cognitive, physical, yeah. motor skills and stuff. It's it, There's a lot of overlap there. I, I often remember yeah. hearing growing up at least that while alcohol and nicotine is chemically addictive, that uh, marijuana is not chemically addictive. I don't know where I heard that. Um, that seemed to be pretty widespread. Is that, is there any truth to that or what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I, I <laughs> there's not. <laughs> um, now, so, so here's, here's a, a more accurate statement that the THC is not as addictive okay. as nicotine, caffeine, certainly opioids, that, that sort of thing, right? Uh, alcohol, um, but but not as addictive is not the same thing as not addictive. And okay. and, and if you're a regular user of 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 cannabis, uh, THC and, and, and a regular user w- would use three to four times a week is typically how the, the uh, clinicians describe it. The, the, about one in 10 adults will become uh, addicted by medical standards. And if you're a, a teen. Uh, about one in six, uh, because the 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 brain is still developing up into the early twenties for women, late twenties for men. H- how is how is addiction typically classified? Uh, well, it's uh, you uh, your your brain is altered. You uh, create an artificial dependence on it, and y- you make decisions that put yourself and others at risk in in order to 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 meet that need. And and so yeah, uh, about one in ten regular adult users, one in six uh, teenage okay. regular users. What about the um, the argument? Maybe not argument. The assumption, or maybe it's an argument that. Well, let me let me begin here. Um, some people say, well, you know, it's different than alcohol because you can drink a glass of wine to maybe over a period of a few hours, more more than that, you know, and not get yeah. drunk. You, you can have wine, not even a buzz. You can have wine and just enjoy the 
the taste of it and it, it you know it's not going to impair you at all if you if you're responsible whereas getting high it's you either are high or you're not there's no kind of meat in between ground but i've heard people question that or i've heard people mm -hmm. say well it kind of depends on the person too or even you know for those of us who listen to joe rogan you know half the time he's smoking pot and you can't really i don't know like, <laughs> yes. he's still yeah. asking hard questions and the, you, you don't really if he was just hammered you would be like maybe slurring yeah. his speech or whatever and um yeah walk us through that is, is there kind of a parallel um smoking pot but not getting high as there is to drinking wine and not getting drunk or is it more complicated than that or well i think that the the, the people want to argue that and, and and there is a real interest in 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 what is called microdosing uh where where people okay. take small amounts of thc usually through some sort of edible uh but but occasionally through through smoking it, and it, the, the argument is is that they like the, the way that it makes them feel. It takes an edge off. It's uh, it's it, it's it's a small amount to where you're not experiencing the, those mind altering effects in a intoxicating way, and I I, I mean I'm not I'm not going to argue that that's not a thing because it certainly is. It it seems to me this would be worth having a, a discussion is, is that when people microdose that they're doing it usually for medical reasons, even if it's a statement like, uh, I, I'm not quite as anxious if I'm microdosing or it helps me sleep or it helps me relax or, it, you know, th there's a number of arguments for, for microdosing where, where you're trying to get some of the benefit without the intoxicating negative effect. Um, now, it, it, with with almost all things related to cannabis, there, there's there's very little actual evidence that microdosing does bring about this, the kinds of effects that people say that that they're experiencing. Uh, but there's a lot of anecdotal evidence. Uh, people will swear by it. Uh, you, you, you'll find cannabis users are very loyal <laughs> to to their product, uh, uh, more so than anything that I've ever seen. Uh, yeah, it's so um, th th there is that argument out there, um, and 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 at that point, what what I usually like to do if I'm in a, a situation where I'm I'm talking with someone, counseling, whatever, I'd like I like to to ask the, the kinds of questions that the wisdom questions associated with 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 the medical use of of marijuana, uh, because the they're using it for reasons that we typically don't associate with recreational use, and. And most people, and by most I mean virtually everyone that I've ever talked to, uh, uh, you, you you smoke pot recreationally uh, to get that buzz, to get that high, the, the yeah. intoxicating effects of it. So just to, just to be clear, I guess, and maybe go to your conclusion, you, you would be morally okay with medical use of marijuana, but not recreational use. That might be a really simplified way of saying it, but is that, how, or I'll let well, you unpack was, how, where you kind sure, of end yeah. up landing and we well, can kind of I, get how you get there. Yeah. I, I mentioned earlier that the last thing I want to do is, is, is lay a burden on someone that the Bible doesn't actually lay upon them. And, uh, you know, so, so what, what I try to do in the book and in the various things that, that I that, that I do with uh, talking about marijuana is, is think about it in terms of, of discipleship and, and wisdom. Um, okay. And and, and I, I think there are some some wisdom questions that need to be asked uh, about the medical use of, of marijuana. Uh, the same kinds of questions we should be asking about any prescription drug, mm -hmm. quite frankly. Um, you know, mm -hmm. uh, there's 
there are side effects to every drug and, and, and wisdom would dictate that we understand what those side effects are. And, and there's a cost benefit analysis mm-hmm. associated with it. Um, but I'm, I'm not opposed. <laughs> you know, this is hardly headline news. I, I, I'm not opposed to mind altering effects of, of drugs when taken for medical purposes. I mean, anytime you're anesthetized for, a, <laughs> for some sort of, of yeah. surgery, that's about as mind altering as you can you're get. You're high as a kite. I, yeah, I, I, yeah. yeah I, I, I've never heard anyone argue, oh boy, you shouldn't be doing uh, that. It's like, uh, you know, Hey, I'm going in for an appendectomy. Just give me a bullet to bite on, right? And, and I'll be good. No, no one would argue. No, no Christian would, would argue that. I don't think so, anyway. So going back, you, the microdose. So you're saying, in theory, microdosing small amounts of uh, THC for you know somebody maybe suffers from anxiety, maybe they have back pain, they can't sleep, and then they can't sleep, and that screws up their metabolism. I mean, lack as we're all learning now, I mm-hmm. think, you know, poor sleep just screws up everything, including probably your spiritual, yeah. like, you know, on your top of your spiritual game and, and it's all kind of interrelated. So you're saying, yeah, in theory, yeah, and I'd love, I, I would love to come back to that in, in a okay. moment too. Yeah. But okay. sorry, keep going. Yeah. No. So, so in theory, you're saying microdose, if somebody is taking THC for that reason, then you would say that that would possibly fall into the category of, of actual wisdom. Um, but if done for recreational, the, the, I'm still, I, I, I would, I'll let you answer that. But then also like, where is that line? That line could be kind of fuzzy. I mean, <laughs> it could be. Yeah. I, I, I don't think it's, a, I don't think it's an easy question. Yeah. I, for, for medical purposes, I, I think we need to ask the same kind of questions that we would ask with, with any drug. Um, and, 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 it, and if you're micro dosing, then you're not getting those mind altering effects. And, and, and then none of those biblical prohibition on intoxication okay. reasons apply. Uh, so it's like CBD, for example. C- CBD is technically mind-altering, but it doesn't intoxicate you. I, I mean, caffeine is mind-altering, right? Um, okay, and, yeah. Yeah, and, and so I, I don't have a problem with people using CBD for, from a pastoral standpoint. I, you know, it's, it's expensive, and, and I'm not sure that it works the way that everyone says that it does. <laughs> And so, so there might be some stewardship issues that we would want to talk that, that might raise some concerns, but, but CBD is, is, uh, it, it is psychoactive, just like caffeine is psychoactive, but it's non-intoxicating, just like caffeine is non-intoxicating. And so I, I'm, I'm not concerned about that from a, from a Christian discipleship or pastoral standpoint, right? If someone came to me and said they were using CBD, I'd go, oh, okay, you're spending a lot of money, but. But if it works, I hope so. So I know very – all I know is that, yes, yeah, exactly what you said. CBD doesn't get you high. It comes from the same plant. Can, can you unpack that a little more? So the, so, so the cannabis plant ha- contains two, two distinct chemicals, CBD and THC. Is that the way to frame it or how, how should I think through it? Far more than two. Oh, okay. Far more than two. But, 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 but THC and CBD are the components of, of choice right now. Okay. Uh, those are the ones that, that, that growers are, are, are focusing on they're, they're, they're increasing THC levels in, in cannabis. They're, you know, they're, they're, they're growing different strains for that, or they're, they're seeking higher CBD levels. Um, and they, they tend to work opposite, like the higher the CBD level, the lower the THC level and, and vice versa. Okay. Um, at both are, are are technically psychoactive, but but CBD is not intoxicating, um, and 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 CBD heavens you can buy it everywhere. 
um, <laughs> at, at where where CBD is allowed. There's some states that still don't allow CBD. Um, now, why why not? Be very but what's the logic? Or is there not really much logic why they wouldn't allow? I uh, per- perhaps uh, a stigma associated with 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 uh, cannabis. Okay. Uh, perhaps uh, for strategic purposes, uh, thinking that as soon as we allow CBD, then we're going to have to allow THC for medical purposes. And, and once once THC for medical purposes is allowed, then then recreational use is right around the corner. And that, that sounds like a slippery slope argument, but but that's actually the the articulated strategy of the uh, marijuana industry. So, okay. so there's some reason why people might be concerned about that. I, I, I mean, I'm not concerned about CBD. Uh, CBD is, a, is, is a mind altering drug, not non-intoxicating. Um, I, okay. So I'm, I'm going to say something that's going to deeply offend, uh, <laughs> CBD users. I, I, I think I, I, I'm, I'm going to be an equal opportunity offender here. I think that CBD is like the essential oils of the cannabis industry. Uh, it's not—it's not obvious to me that it works. It, th- that is, there's just not a lot of clinical evidence that that CBD does everything that CBD is supposed to do. Now, it does do some things very helpfully, and and I think we should thank the Lord for this good provision. Um, there have been a couple of drugs that have been isolated that have been very helpful for certain pernicious kinds of epilepsy uh, that, that that have just been lifesavers, especially for for young uh, uh, children. Um, but you would think that CBD and THC are, are panaceas. I, I mean, the, the the literature out there by it, which I would classify as more propaganda than, than like scientific literature will argue that it cures cancer, oh, wow. uh, diabetes, glaucoma, and there's, there's just no evidence for that. But it, it, it does have some proven benefit. And, and there's a lot of anecdotal evidence that people are convinced that it helps them with their pain yeah. management, like chronic, chronic okay. pain. Um, mood I, is a mood, mood too. Like what are, so yeah. Oh, or, uh, yeah. Especially, especially CBD, I would say, uh, People think uh, and, and and argue uh, from their experience that that they function better mm-hmm. when they're using CBD. Um, I can't. Heavens, it's 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 really hard when we're talking about psychoactive drugs to to pinpoint exactly what the effect is. So you're saying there's minimal clinical evidence for a lot of the proposed benefits of CBD? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And 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 I think as as a Christian, we need to to understand that. Yeah. And, and, and heavens, I, I'm the last person that's going to argue, Hey, we need to follow the science and whatever CDC says is true. Right. I, I think we've all been disabused of that uh, at, at this point, uh, post COVID. Right. Um, but, but there is something to scientific evidence and clinical trials and things of that nature. And, and maybe some of the reason why we don't have the evidence is because, um, THC or cannabis is still illegal at the federal level. Um, and and so, uh, that, that might be one reason why the science is lagging uh, behind the, 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 the anecdotal evidence. Yeah, cause I, I, I've got a few friends that, yeah, swear by CBD. I mean, it's it's all, all the yeah. things you yeah. said is proposed to work. It, it They say it does. I, I thought that was more, again, I haven't looked into it at all. I just assumed, maybe I assumed that all that had been kind of clinically proven. And, and anecdotal evidence is hard. I mean, it could be true. 
could be different personality, mm -hmm. different persons yeah. has a better effect than others. Could could be a placebo effect. You know, we know that that is theoretically very possible. Somebody believes something to be true, and that even, and it could actually the the mind is so powerful, right? I mean, you could the placebo effect is not. I think it's a testimony to the power of the mind, you know? Um, yeah. So you said this in your book and it blew me away. So I, I did not know this, that cannabis is still illegal on a federal level, but not on a state level, according to multiple states. I guess I don't understand our government system, how that works. That's you know. Yeah. It's a schedule one drug, um, which is the, the, the argument for it, it it being classified as such is that it has no proven medical benefit. And, and of course, that's just not true uh, be, be, because there are a number of drugs that have been isolated from THC uh, for uh, increased appetite, for nausea suppression. There, there's plenty of evidence on that. And so uh, I'm 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 not a big proponent of THC use. I'm not a big proponent of it being legalized, but there's really no reason why it should be outlawed at the federal level based on that classification when, when we know that it does have medical benefit. Yeah. Okay. Um, most of the presidential administrations, Biden administration, Trump administration have, have basically said, we're not going to prosecute something that a state is not going to prosecute. So, so yeah. it's, it's really kind of a toothless prohibition. Okay. Well, you, you, let's go back to the Bible then. Well, you're, you, um, you, and you've kind of hinted at it already. Um, the Bible clearly prohibits intoxication, and you're saying there's enough overlap between intoxication with uh, THC as with alcohol, and therefore yeah. um, the Bible would prohibit intoxication with THC. Um, is that is that would you say that's the number one or only biblical argument, or the main biblical argument um, against? Christians using marijuana yeah. for recreational use. Yeah, well, that that and 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 the addiction possibility. Uh, you know, to if 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 we enslave ourselves to to something else, um, and and I would would also argue that the Bible just explicitly prohibits addiction. Um, but but even from a discipleship standpoint, if 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 I have altered my mind in such a way, like I've almost rewired, it is what takes place in in addiction mm -hmm. to the point where I'm I'm making unwise decisions to to meet that need that I've artificially introduced, um, and I'm putting myself and others in harm's way. Uh, then I think we could argue that's probably not the kind of behavior the Lord wants from us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I was going to say, what what's the best counter argument to your position that you, you've probably been in many environments where you've had yeah. some um, people uh, give counter arguments from, from a biblical or a Christian standpoint? Oh. What would be the number one? If you're going to play devil's advocate against yourself, what would that look like? Yeah, I would probably argue that uh, that that intoxication through THC is different enough that, that the biblical prohibition does not apply. I would argue, I, I would probably argue that, uh, that, that alcohol intoxication, uh, though it could vary a little, little bit from person to person, it doesn't vary that much. Yeah. Right. We can predict intoxication levels right. based on body mass and yeah. that sort of thing from alcohol. But you can have two people who are the same size and gender smoking the same pot, inhaling the same amount of THC from the same joint, and the effects on them will be radically different. Okay. There's, it's just really hard to quantify. And so I, I would probably try to make the argument that um, 
it's, well, the, the, the kind of argument that, that, is, that, that I hear a lot that I don't have a lot to say in response to uh, is, hey, you know, you've said that THC intoxication causes uh, cognitive diminishment, physical capacity diminishment, moral judgment. But I, I, I actually think better when I'm high. I went through my whole college career and, and it was my strategy to always be high when I walked in and took a test because I could just think better when, mm -hmm. when I was high. Um, and I, at that point I would say, well, <laughs> blessings on you. <laughs> be warm and well-fed. I, I, I got nothing to say to you on, on this. A lot of times, um, and you know, pastorally, you've probably heard this a lot too. I'm the exception to what you're saying. Hey, Todd, you made a really good biblical case, but that doesn't apply to me. Very few people are actually the exception. <laughs> you know, okay. we're, we're usually just lying to ourselves when we say, hey, I, I, I get what the Bible says there. I, I understand what you're arguing, but that doesn't apply to me. I'm the exception to that to that rule. Like, but oh, in, so in I, could know. it be in th in theory that this could be a case by case basis that if some, if there is, even if it's like one person that, that doesn't experience yeah. the intoxicating uh, effects of THC use, and maybe it does even enhance creativity thinking that that this person's at your church, Todd, and 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 you, and you are all the evidence says you know what in this case they're right. Um, would you say all right? I then keep smoking pot. I guess I don't know. Like, yeah. <laughs> Well, so, so the thing that I would, would argue or, or suggest at that point is, hey, well, let's just do it with accountability then. And, and, and then there's a host of other discipleship concerns that we would want to, for that person to be thinking about, weaker brother, causing others to stumble, example, that sort of thing. Um, but if a, if a person, uh, <laughs> if, if someone came to me, if, this is really not an if, um, <laughs> came to church leadership and said, Hey, uh, I just have a hard time sleeping. Yeah. And, and what has worked for me is, is to smoke a joint and then I'm able to go to sleep immediately. And if, if I don't sleep, then there's other things that are, that, that are bad that you even described. Um, uh, my wife is, 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 is behind me on this. It's okay with her. Um, th there's no other kids in the home or anything like that. And, and I, I want you to know that this is what I, I would like to do, and I would like your blessing on it. Well, if if someone came to me and and said that, then, then I would say, hey, I deeply appreciate that you want to do this with accountability, and and that individual is is definitely using for what I would argue medical purposes at that point. You know, their their goal is not to get high because they're they're like smoking, and then going straight to straight sleep. So on on, on that kind of case by case basis mm -hmm. and then maybe ask some of those wisdom questions that are associated with the medical use. Yeah. I've, yeah, yeah. You reminded me of a few, several years ago, really solid Christian couple. It was exactly that scenario. I think, I think there was like an injury involved, like chronic back pain or something. Okay. And, yeah. Um, he wasn't trying to hide it. It was, uh, it was exact. It was almost maybe <laughs> talking about the same person. Yeah. I don't think so. It's different parts of the country, but um, it was, yeah, it's, yeah. he would smoke a joint three or four nights a week, whatever. No wife knew it. It wasn't around the kid. It was like, I, I checked off all the boxes where it's like, okay, I, you know, so you're saying because that's in more of the medical side, um, what about the kind of, I guess the other categories of addiction, the, the, the physical, I guess it is a trade-off, right? Cause again, if you're struggling for lack of sleep, you're going to have lots of other health 
problems that that's going to cause. And maybe even smoking a joint to help you go to sleep that might have other health issues, but what's, it's kind of a trade-off. Well, right? those are, yeah. And, and I think, I think that's, that's where you need to have those discussions and think about what those trade-offs might be. I, but, but, but I would also argue that, that we should be having those discussions, uh, with, with any drug that we take, right. Uh, we're, we're in the middle of an opioid addiction epidemic right now. Um, maybe one of the benefits of the medical marijuana discussion is that there are a lot of people, probably especially Christians, who there's a stigma attached to marijuana use, right? Mm-hmm. And and so so maybe somebody comes to them, it might even be a doctor, but a friend says, hey, I, you're really struggling with, with back pain or whatever, um, or anxiety. Why don't you try cannabis, right? Uh, and, and, and because there's a, a stigma attached to it, we ask, man, just because it was suggested by a doctor, I'm not sure this is the right thing for me. I think that's a good mindset. We should be asking those kinds of questions with every kind of drug, Hmm. right? Uh, What if we had been asking those questions about opioid use for chronic, not acute, but chronic pain? I mean, uh, how many people are addicted to opioids who just were seeking some relief? Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know, they weren't going out in the street corner looking for the next high. They were suffering and, and, and a doctor gave them something that they know works, right? Opioids are really powerful for, for, for pain. And then so, so some other considerations on this as well is that uh, suffering is mind altering, right? Um, mm. And so, so there's a trade off there. i I'm, I'm suffering intensely and that is mind altering in in a way that all of these other discipleship questions, can I take every thought captive in obedience to Christ? Um, uh, am I maximizing my ability to, to, to use my gifts? Am, am I loving the Lord with all of my heart, soul, strength, and mind? You know, all these kinds of discipleship questions. If, if, if you are suffering, those capacities are diminished as well. And, and I think that has to be part of the equation mm-hmm. as well. And so, so yeah, there, there's going to be some trade-offs for, for any kind of drug that, that, that we would take. Um, just, just come with all the, the warning labels. Uh, one, you know, one big one is that, uh, THC people will say that it's effective in, in fighting this mm-hmm. malady that you're experiencing, relieving this suffering. Uh, but that's just anecdotal evidence. Um, and, uh, and, and, and then all of the other bad effects, those are going to apply, uh, for medical use or for recreational use. You know, marijuana is marijuana. Uh, a, a lot of people, one of the first things they're surprised at when I talk to them about medical and marijuana and recreational marijuana is they don't realize it's the same exact substance. Uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, there's no special drug called marijuana, uh, called medical marijuana. It's just pot. Uh, right. The difference is, is in the motivation and use of it, not in the substance. Yeah. I, I know a couple different people in my life, friends that through edibles have had some really violent reactions, like really scary stuff. Um, and I've yeah. heard that like the level of THC in, in edibles can be all over the map, isn't really regulated. Um, I think there's a community, maybe it was Joe Joe Rogan or Bill Burr. So there's a comedian who kind of was even joking around like, Hey, can you guys cool it with the edibles, man? You guys are filling these gummy bears with like, <laughs> but no, I've had two very, I mean, I'm talking like 
police involved, medical emergencies yeah. and stuff. People were almost harmed. Yeah. Is that is that a, is that more is that a thing that like edibles can cause yeah. these violent oh, episodes or? Well, it, it's so it's not it's it's not edibles per se, but it's THC does this. And and, and you were right that uh, that that in an edible you can increase the, the the amount of thc that the the, the percentages to super super high no pun intended um yeah, levels yeah yeah and uh you, you know so like 1960s marijuana might you know might have been like 1.5 percent thc but now you can get in 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 oils you can get like 90s uh, uh, really, really, really high levels. And, 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 and most edibles use, uh, oils for okay. their, and so, uh, you know, it, it just, it, yeah, if, if you decide to use an edible, you would really want to know what you're buying. Um, now, uh, one of the negative effects of THC, and, and I think this, this has got to be publicized. We've got to get the word out on this is that the, the uh, mental illness uh, linkage between THC use and 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 and, uh, and mental illness. The evidence is growing abundantly all the time, to the point where where I would just say, if you have a history of mental illness in your family, mm-hmm. uh, if if you have a genetic predisposition towards mental illness, avoid THC like the plague. Uh, what, what kind of what kind of mental it, illness are you talking about? Like like chronic depression or bipolar or anxiety uh, or the, yes oh, yes okay. all of the above uh, all of the above and, and which is which is pernicious because the, the the advocates will say that it actually helps it helps for anxiety it helps for uh, for depression it helps mm-hmm. for uh, you know, various kinds of, of, of volatile behaviors that, that would grow out of, uh, out of mental illness. Um, and, and, and again, the, the effects on people will vary, but, but, but the linkage between earlier onset of, of, of mental illness of, you know, fill in the blank, whatever kind, but especially bipolar. And that, as I said, that, that evidence is growing all the time. Um, and, and we probably need to get the word out because, Unfortunately, the exact opposite word is is being propagated, and and, and the evidence is just too strong to ignore at this point. Wow. Okay. Um, you, you would think, hey, you know, uh, pot mellows you out, and and for most people that might be the case, but for some it has the opposite effect because of just the, the very diverse nature of 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 the of the components that are in THC and and how the how it affects the endocannabinoid system. A lot of it's very idiosyncratic. Democratic, um, to where if there's like super violent, be- I, I'll say something that I can't back up with a specific study, but I've, I've read, uh, stuff to this over and over and over again, that, that anytime there's any sort of violent behavior that the police are called into, it's not surprising at all that the person was high. Okay. Uh, hmm. And, and, and you would, you would think, oh, it's the exact opposite because pot mellows you out. Right. Uh, it does for most people. But not all. So yeah. going back to my friends with the edibles, because they, they had taken edibles before. This was not like a one-time thing. You're saying th- they probably got something that had super high levels of THC that was kind of missed. Um, I don't know. It was created wrongly or maybe personally. Because I, I don't even know. You go buy a piece of cheesecake, whatever, at the pot store. <laughs> I don't even know if any of that's correct. But I mean, like, how do you know like how much stuff is in here? You just you don't, right? Well, it'll... It, it, it has to be labeled. Oh, it, it has okay. to be labeled. If 
if it's at a licensed dispensary. And so if, if you walk into a dispensary, you will see um, all of the different samples for, and with, with the THC and CBD percentages right there. And so you can buy specific for that. Okay. And, and I would think that edibles would be the same. Okay. in a state where it is uh, legal and, and regulated. Okay. Um, going back to the biblical argument and kind of plain devil's advocate, I, I personally don't know any other book that's like from a Christian perspective written on this topic. Are there others or is there a, what is the book written or do, who, is there anybody out there that is thoughtfully arguing? Well, there's not for, a better book out there. <laughs> is, is there a, a, a from a thoughtful Christian perspective, arguing for recreational use or maybe taking a different approach than you? Well, yeah. And and I can't remember the the name of it, but you could probably do an Amazon search, but, but, but there's at least one that that I read uh, where where they were very pro uh, use. There are a number of websites out there where people argue for the uh, the, the spiritual benefits of of marijuana uh, that the, the, the cannabis or THC can act as what's called an entheogen, hmm. uh, where you take a mind altering drug that then kind of unlocks the, the brain to experience different spiritual mysteries and that sort of thing. There's not any Bible, it seems to me, that, that supports the idea of an entheogen. You know, um, the, 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 the response I usually give is that we're to, to meditate on the word of God and that, 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 that Hebrew word for meditate is, is um, chagah. And, and, and it like literally means to mutter over We're we're, mm. we're thinking about something so hard that our lips are moving mm. as we uh, think about it. We're filling our mind with the word of God and thinking intentionally hard on it. That's what biblical meditation is. Um, and, but, but that's, that's not what an entheogen enables you to do. Yeah. So it, it, it doesn't seem to me as I read through the scriptures that, that there's any good biblical argument for, uh, for the use of mind altering substances, except I think there's one verse in the Psalms that, that, that says like, uh, uh, wine makes the heart glad. Oh yeah. Um, and it, yeah, which that I, I, I would concede. I think we'd have to admit that, that there's probably some mind alteration that is taking place there that is being celebrated mm-hmm. in the scriptures for that. I, I don't know any other way to think about what that verse means. Other, I, I mean, I don't think it's like, boy, wine tastes so good. I'm, I'm happy yeah, right now. Yeah. I, I think there's some sort of alcohol effect at work there that, that, that is celebrated in the Bible. But so, so, so there's that one verse that we have to take into account. I don't want to deny it. And then there's a whole bunch of other verses that yeah. speak against the dangers of the abuse of this drug. And so, so then the question is, it, is there a THC makes the heart glad kind of argument that could mm. be used? And okay. man, I just uh, just have a hard time seeing spiritual benefit. What seems to me happens, it, because there's lots of people who argue that they have been helped spiritually by THC, it seems to me that what's going on is there's usually some sort of chronic pain thing that is going on in their life that THC, for whatever reason, has, has given them some relief and, and because pain and suffering itself are mind altering. And it, 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 I mean, you know, we, we are created as psychosomatic entities, right? We're, we're, we're material and immaterial parts integrated together that, 
that the material part of us affects the immaterial parts and the immaterial parts affect the material parts that, 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 that when you uh, are relieved of some uh, crippling suffering, that your spiritual life kind of takes off. Mm-hmm. And, and, and maybe that's what's going on. Maybe it's not that, that the pain is actually being addressed by the THC, but maybe you just are more mellow about it. Hmm. You don't care as much, but maybe that's okay even, right? Um, It it seems to me that when people have argued for the great spiritual benefit, most of the time there's been some sort of pain or suffering they're going through that they get some relief and then they're able to experience a better relationship or, you know, better quiet times or, or, or whatever. I, I, again, I don't want to argue with someone's experience. I, I, I would say though, that, that, that the Bible treats suffering variably, right? Yeah. Um, the, to, to, uh, relieve suffering is a good thing in the Bible, but, but suffering is also used by God in very powerful and effective ways mm-hmm. in people. And so, um, I, I guess I, what I would usually, what I usually say is that our culture cares far more about relief of suffering than the Bible does. Okay. Yeah. If, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. like I, I mean, we will go to extraordinary lengths in yeah. our culture to avoid suffering. The Bible gives a more varied response mm-hmm. yeah. to, to, to it. Yeah. No, that's good. I've often heard with the spiritual aspect more in relation to like psychedelics. Is, is, is that a completely different conversation from, from going from marijuana and, and THC to psychedelics? Or is there, are these everything you're saying would that apply to psychedelics? Well, it, it's, it seems like it because I, you know, when, when I was doing the, the research for the book, I, I, I subscribed to at least one marijuana church or uh, cannabis church where they would lead you in, in meditations. And, and it's, it's very strange. It's, you know, like, uh, assume the lotus position, empty your mind, uh, relax, and, and, and then the screen fills up with all sorts of, of like these psychedelic colors. Yeah. And it, it looks like I'm watching like something out of the 1960s. Yeah. Um, and then they instruct you to start consuming and relax. And, and, and they lead you on this, this meditation that, um, not any Bible. It was, it was very discouraging. It, it, you know, as, as I kind of watched it, what was going on, it's like, how, how is this justifiable from a biblical standpoint? I'm, I'm not hearing any Bible at all in this meditation. So, and no doubt there might be some people who are listening and say, Hey, well, that's not the way that, that I use it. And that's true, but there, th- that could be true. But, but your question about psychedelics um, yeah. brought, brought that to mind. Well, I think, that, and I, I, I've heard from people that the Christians and psychedelics in particular is the next big, huge, huge ethical question facing the church um, because of the ongoing a- anecdotal evidence of people having these amazing encounters with God, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, while eating shrooms yeah. or whatever. Um, and, and yeah. you know, it, it's, yeah. it, it sounds like Timothy Leary, doesn't it? It uh, <laughs> sounds like or Ezekiel chapter one. <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> and, and I have friends that have encountered I one, one friend that got saved while on an acid trip. Now, to me, that's not like an argument for it. It's like an argument that God can use all kinds of, you know, morally. Isn't God either, good? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, so I don't think that's, you know. Um, but but there there are, I, I'm hearing more and more people saying purposeful use of psychedelics is actually um, producing beneficial spiritual effects, you know. And um, But I, I, yeah, I don't know. 
I don't know enough I'm, about it to have a I'm, strong. I'm I'm skeptical. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, wait, one last question before I let you go. I I, I heard because you're in Portland, so <laughs> I know I know all the uh, assumptions about Portland. But I I I've had pastor friends. I maybe They're it was actually Portland. He's either Portland or Seattle, of course. But um, you know, saying like what drinking was to. The church conversation um marijuana is now like you know 20 30 years ago you know um pastors would be like kind of sheepishly like oh yeah, yeah i had a beer last night oh really is that okay you know and, and now it's like elder meetings have like kegs at them you know it's like it's not it's just not a big even in more conservative i live in a pretty conservative town it's like i i know hardly any pastor that doesn't you know we go out to lunch and have a beer it's just not a big deal anymore do you see this conversation the same thing happening with marijuana where now it's kind of like, ah, oh, you hear about a Christian that smokes pot, another one over there. Gosh, my pastor said, you know, he had a joint last night. And in 20 years, you see it being like, you know, elder meetings or hot boxing, you know, and it's just not a big deal anymore. Or... Yeah, I, I I hope not. I hope <laughs> not. But but I think uh, that will probably be the case in, in some pockets. Um, I am a bit concerned about alcohol in the church um, not, not the use of alcohol because, because I believe that, that, that alcohol is a gift from God that, that is used in the scriptures, even in the liturgy of, of the church. Right. Um, and, and so I'm, I'm not going to make a, a strong statement against alcohol, uh, other than, uh, other than this, have we overreacted? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> ha- has it become so common now that we're not making good judgments with it? Okay, so and 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 I'm concerned that that's the case. Um, if if that's the case with alcohol, where we have centuries of uh, intentional use and we understand how it affects us, going from that to marijuana, where we don't have as much experience, especially in the church, the the effects of marijuana are far more dramatic than with alcohol, and they affect you quicker. You know, we, we, we normally don't think of, hey, I, I smoke pot in moderation, right? Yeah. Or um, I just like a, a, a joint with my meal or something like that, right? That That's not the way that people usually use, but that would be a responsible use of alcohol, right? right? Um, but we normally don't associate that with marijuana. So so I, I, I hope we ask better wisdom questions okay. and, and, and we don't just assume, we don't just assume, hey, um, Alcohol is a gift from God. Cannabis is a gift from God. I can use alcohol in moderation, so I can use cannabis in moderation. I, I think we have to think about how they affect us mm-hmm. and and make intentional decisions with them. And and there there is some overlap between marijuana and and alcohol, but there's not complete overlap. They they, they do affect us differently. Mm-hmm. And and more quickly and more idiosyncratically as mm-hmm. well. So yeah. Anyway, those are just a few thoughts. Well, Todd, thanks so much for your time. I'll hold up for my YouTube watchers here your book, uh, Cannabis and ah, Christian. What does the Bible say about marijuana? What I, it, It's a really, I mean, quick read, 150 pages. And it's, I mean, the pages aren't, there's not a lot of words on each page. So, I mean, it's a, um, if you want a quick kind of overview of Todd's um, analysis, um, it's, it's, I mean, I, it, again, it's a simple, easy read, but it's also very thoughtful. I mean, I could tell you did a lot of research for this. So, uh, thank you for your work. Thank you for the discussion. And uh, I hope 
more and more Christians have these kind of conversations because I, I do think it's going to be a, a, a topic of conversation more and more um, in, in our churches. So thank you for the work you're doing. Yeah, thanks, Preston. I appreciate it. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network.